Hey friends, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. My name is Ty Evans, and we got an awesome guest for you today. His name is Jeff Pace, and I don't really know where to tell you he's from. He's, he's from all over. He's uh, This guy is a modern-day cowboy drifter. He packs, and he outfits, and he, he builds saddles and tack, and travels all over in a pickup with his dog. And that's pretty much his life, and uh, spends a good chunk of the year on the back of a mule or a horse leading a string down the trail somewhere so you're gonna enjoy this guy he's he's pretty dang cool uh, so sit back and relax and after you listen to this I would sure appreciate it if you enjoy these podcasts to leave us a five-star review and let us know what you think of these and we'll keep them coming all right let's do it here we go All right, welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. My name is Ty Evans, and today we got a special guest for you. This guy is a real cool son of a gun, and uh, his name's Jeff Pace. Welcome, Jeff, to the podcast. Hello. How are you, man? Uh, like I said earlier, I feel like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> well, I appreciate you doing this. We we wanted to do this. We, uh, Jeff and I were both at uh, Bryce Canyon Mule Days a few weeks ago. Uh, Bryce Canyon Mule Days is held the first week of May, and we were down there, and I was doing clinics, and Jeff was trying to sell some tack, and anyways, we were both just busy, so we didn't get a chance to do this. But uh, anyway, so Jeff, I appreciate you making some time to jump on here. Jeff's getting ready to head out. You you're, head, you're heading out packing this week, aren't you? Uh it depends on what what happens up at up at the lodge and what the boss has got done this week, but um, either this week or next week we start packing our summer camp in, get our get our camp jacket in there and get get things settled and then after that we got about three hundred bells of hay to pack in. And, <laughs> oh uh, wow, that's that's a lot of hay to pack in. Two bells per mule at a time, isn't it? It, it is. Jeez. But the the nice thing about it is this time of year where where we're at from the trailhead to camp it's it's roughly about a four and a half five hour trip mm-hmm. but this time of year we can put all of our loads on the boat and take them to the other end of the reservoir which is which is about a five ten minute boat ride compared to about a two hour mule ride in we stockpile it at the head of the reservoir and then it's only about a two, two and a half hour trip to camp with, with hay. So we'll, we'll make it from camp. We'll leave in the morning, go down, <clears throat> manny up our hay and then take it back up to camp and we do one, one trip a day. So wow, we got, what we got about 30, somewhere around 30, 35 head of stock. So we're about 10, 10 or 11 trips, somewhere around in there. That's still a lot of work, man. <laughs> it's, it is. It's plenty of work just hauling 300 bales of hay on a truck and a trailer. But uh, oh, having to manny up is. every bale and load it up and hitch it up, dang, that's some, that's some work. But that's, the, the, wor- the worst part, I was going to say the worst part about it is it's first thing in the spring where, where we're all fat and lazy and haven't gotten back into shape. and He'll <laughs> it, get you into shape in a hurry. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Well, cool, mate. So, so uh, for the folks that don't know you, which I don't know who wouldn't know Jeff Pace, <laughs> you know, um, but why don't you tell folks about what you do, who you are, and uh, so folks have an idea of what's what's all going on in your life. Well, I've been working pack strings, trail ride outfits for oh close to 25 years now i first started doing trail rides back in 90 was it 95 or 96 down in zion national park working down there working for the mangum family mm-hmm. ended up working for them for i think six seasons and <clears throat> just been traveling around working different places uh, um my first experience of, of real packing was when I was working in Zion. We were 
packing cement up the up the West Rim Trail there in Zion National Park. And if anybody's been to Zion and know the West Rim Trail, it's it's not an easy trail to get on. Mm-hmm. You know, especially going up Walder's Wiggles <clears throat> with a string of mules. Yeah. But uh we that was my first experience with that. When I but lately mostly all I do is, is pack and my f- first first packing job was at the on the south rim of the Grand Canyon. I had gone down to visit a friend, oh Harry Hadley. I don't know if anybody knows him, yeah. but uh, he was working working the the dude rides down there. Went down to visit him and ended up working at the pack barn with Ross Knox. He, he gave me my first packing job down there and. <clears throat> Some days I don't know if I should thank him or blame him for, <laughs> for, for for the life I've 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 had, but it's it's been it's been it's been good to me. Um, you know, like a lot of folks, you know, you have good times, bad times, but it's it's hard to hard to beat being being in the saddle. You know, oh yeah, most most of the year you're like the so you're like the modern day drifter. You just just going from job to job and and uh pretty much that's pretty cool so when i i graduated high school in 1991 and since then the longest i've ever lived in one place has been 18 months <laughs> oh jeez i thought i moved a lot i've had i've had four different four or five different places in the last 10 years <laughs> so Shoot. the 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 worst the worst year was when I had to fill out four different state income income tax returns. Oh wow, dang! So so you spend half the year usually, or maybe not quite half the year, but you spend uh, a, a majority of it packing, and then mm-hmm. and then you also work in your your saddle shop, build I do building saddles and tack. And Jeff has built me a couple of really nice head stalls that i i really like he does dang good work so thank you but uh tell us a little bit about that how do you what's your year like well um in you know the last few years i've been working for this outfitter up here in montana and uh from from now you know first of june till the end of november i'm pretty busy in and out of the mountains and from December, <clears throat> excuse me, from you know first part of December till the end of June or the end of May, I I like to spend time in the saddle shop building stuff, head stalls, britchings, <clears throat> croupers, um, whatever it is people people want. Uh, so that's what I try to do. Yeah, uh, a lot of it depends on 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 the economy and and how I fared through the summer and fall. If I have to get a part-time job or, or if I can sustain myself, you know, with, with the leather work, I, I try to, I, in the springtime, I, I try to go to a few, a few shows. Um, I go to, go to the, the salmon horse and mule sale, Bryce Canyon mule days, and then Jake Clark mule days. Everybody, everybody tells me I need to get to Bishop, but I don't know if I want to, build that much stuff <laughs> yeah it's it's a uh, bishop meal days is pretty cool you'd like it yeah i'd like it you'd like selling there there's some cool folks there the only the only problem with with that is you know people say oh you ought to go to the nfr but you have to have thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stock built up and oh yeah. i don't know if i want i don't know if i want to have that or not just yet <laughs> yeah that that nfr that's a whole another ball game there i'm sure yeah. so but and Bishop's kind of the same because it's it's such a long period of time that yep you have you have to have a large stock already built up and the more I have for that the less I have for somewhere else but you know it's just one of those deals that it may happen or it may not or just may stay the way I am you just have just enough to do what I what I want yep. So let's uh, 
Let's back up a little bit. And you told us a little bit about how you got into how you got the packing for a living, you know, down in mm-hmm. Zion and all that. But uh, tell us before that, what got you interested in packing? And what about in horses and mules and livestock? Let's let's go back further. Well, you know, when I was a you know real real small kid, you know, even before I could really <clears throat> remember. We had near my grandparents, I should say, had some had a few horses when we when I, I grew up down in St. George. We had a, a few horses and as our family got bigger the, the horse herd got smaller and and then for a long long period of time we didn't even have half stock, but I grew up in an area of St. George there on the west side where there was a lot of stock around, so I was around it when I was when I was younger. And then Mom remarried, and we moved up to a little town called New Harmony. And we, as a kid, you know, in the summertime, me and my cousins would just get on and ride and go up on Pine Valley and have fun. But I started riding for a living. Oh, when I started working for for the mangums there in zion back in 90 like i say 95 96 and downhill since then (laughs) (laughs) oh shoot so tell us uh tell us what outfits you've worked for and where tell us some of these places because you've packed i mean people live their whole lives wanting to ride some of these places that you pack you know you you've been a lot of cool places tell us these different outfits in these different areas well like i said i started working zion and bryce and and worked the north rim of the grand canyon uh, for the mangums doing the trail rides first started packing on the south rim and i spent oh probably close to a total of 10 years on the south rim but not consecutively i'd work for 18 months and then quit and go somewhere else for a while and then come back. Yeah. But I worked there. I used to spend winters and used to spend my winters in Palm Springs, California for a while doing trail rides down there. Um, I worked, worked for uh, a few seasons on the thoroughfare in Wyoming. They're on the east side of, of Yellowstone packing into a hunting, doing summer trips in a hunting camp there. Worked at uh, on a hunting ranch in the Frank Church Wilderness of Idaho, packing hunters and fishermen in and out of the mountains there. And I'm now on my third season here in the in Montana. We pack into the Bob Marshall Wilderness. So I've seen so I've seen a lot of a lot of cool places, but the most awesome place that I've ever been able to lead a string of pack mules around was in hawaii (laughs) wow i i had a friend who worked for the national park service and he he was stationed down at uh, haleakala national park there on maui and i went down to visit him one year and ended up volunteering for the park service for 10 days and and followed him around on his job and the basic part of his job was down inside the crater. There's there's three little cabins that people can go to and rent, and you can hike in there, and, or you could even take your own stock in there, and and ride through the through the park and and, and camp out at these these cabins, and we would camp or we would pack fire logs, those compressed fire logs in. You wouldn't think that would be necessary but the 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 rim of the of the crater is a little over oh ten ten thousand feet and then you drop down into the crater and you're at you know i think like eight or nine thousand feet so it can get pretty cold in there so we'd pack those fire logs so people could stay warm and then we'd collect the trash and clean the toilets clean the cabins and so i spent what four day, three nights, four days roaming around a crater in Hawaii with a string of pack mules. <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. So dude, you've, you have packed and worked in these, 
these are all bucket list places that people I've been to a few of these places, but I mean, uh, you know, most folks just live their whole lives to go to one of these. Like, I mean, Zion's Bryce Canyon, Grand Canyon, Palm Springs, uh, Yellowstone, Frank Church, Bob Marshall, and then Maui, Hawaii. Dang, <laughs> that's quite the resume. Yeah, and, uh, and I've been, and I've been to Alaska too. So, oh, and Alaska, can't forget Alaska. Yeah. Wow. I went, uh, went to Alaska a few years ago with a friend and her and her dad and her stepdad and brother, they all had moose tags and we were, we went, I I was just toting along and we did a little, little moose hunt outside Eureka, Alaska for, for 10 days. So that was fun too, riding across the tundra. That was interesting. That's incredible. So you deal with a lot of animals and uh, yeah you got i mean you don't you don't haul around your own you don't have a horse or mule do you i got a dog that's enough you got your dog so <laughs> so these you these are all your outfitter strings mm-hmm. do you run into all kinds of interesting situations with your these strings or are mm-hmm. they are they regulars yeah. or what do you think well, you know, you, you've been around stock enough, and especially mules. Um, when they've, when a, when a, especially mule, when they've had 20, 30 different people handling them, they they get into, sometimes they get into bad habits, or, or they get in, or they know when they can mess with you. Yep. And they're good at it, and they enjoy it. Which, which at times that's the most frustrating thing is they, you know that they're messing with you, and you know that they're enjoying it, and that gets you more <laughs> aggravated. Yeah. Uh, Not for sure. the fact that they're doing it, but because they because you know they're enjoying it. That's that's <laughs> the worst part about it. So have you had a have you worked somewhere? Maybe you don't want to say it. Publicly, but have you worked somewhere where you're like, this is the worst string of mules or horses I've ever been around? I, uh, do you ever not go back to an outfit because of their, because of their string of mules I, or horses? I've never. Uh, there's a lot of outfits that I will never work for again, but it is not because of the stock. Yeah. And, it, it, and that, the reason I don't go back to to an outfit, it's because of the management or the people I worked with. It's not, it's ne- it's never been about the stock. Yeah, there have been some places that have really good stock. There's been some places that have mediocre, but the this I've never been anywhere that's been just real terrible stock. It's always been people mm-hmm. that that make the decision. That's that's interesting. You know, in the in the ranching world, if uh, you know, if if you go to a ranch and they got a they got a poor cavy you know they got a string of horses that are either really bronchy or or maybe maybe it does go back to the manager like you're saying where the manager doesn't let you practice certain horsemanship skills you know or doesn't let you do mm-hmm. do certain things then yeah a lot of guys don't want to go back just because the horses are <laughs> like nope i ain't yeah. going there <laughs> so but uh so but for, go ahead uh well i lost my train of thought go ahead <laughs> well i was gonna say so you know that I mean, that's, that's my business is working with mules and horses. That's, that's my thing, you know, that's, mm-hmm. so most of my thought evolves around that. So I was going to ask you about if you've ever had like a once in a lifetime wreck that you just can't forget about, um, packing in some of these. Oh places. yeah. <laughs> I've had a few of those. You've had a few once in a lifetime wrecks, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you got any you want to share? Uh, I was just talking to a friend uh, two days ago about this one, and this is this when I was at the Grand Canyon, and this is the one. This wreck was the one time where I thought that I was actually going to die. <laughs> Jeez! All, all the other wrecks that I had in the Grand Canyon and everywhere else, I thought oh, maybe I might get hurt or I might get something something hurt here, but I never was in fear of actually dying. But this one. And that's when I thought I was going to die in, I was, I was working with a guy there. I'm not, I'm not going to mention his name. And I had just come back to the pack barn and 
I wasn't too familiar with the stock, and it was his job to tell me which mules went where and and, and all of that. So we get all our, our mules together, and we get loaded up and headed down to Phantom Ranch, and he's got one mule on the back of his string that it just doesn't seem that he belonged there. We get to Phantom Ranch, and we get unloaded, and we get our our lunches and we're we're headed back up to towards the top and we stop for a break and he says uh i think i made a mistake and i said what do you mean you think you made a mistake and he said i i put wild child as my whip mule and in wild child had a reputation he wasn't really that wild but he was he was like a like a teenager in first grade. <laughs> he, he he wasn't all there some of the time. And the rest of the time, he was just goofing off. Mm-hmm. Just playing around all the time. And, and you had to have him fairly close to the front. You didn't have to put him in your hand. But you had to have him fairly, you know, he, you know usually, usually second. <clears throat> so you could kind of control him a little bit. But the further back on the string he got, the more playful he got. So I said, well, we can either swap him around or we can leave him and just deal with it. And, he, and this this guy's working with, he says, well, you're, you're, you're underneath me, so you decide. And I said, well, we'll just, we'll just watch him, and if we have to move him, we'll move him. That's one of those things that when you're packing, if you see something wrong, you should stop and fix it then and not wait because I, I've done that. I don't know how many times, you know, you look back at your string and say, ah, that'll ride a little bit further. I don't want to stop here. It'll ride a little further. You see something wrong. You, th- you need some, you, if you need to, you think you need to fix it, you should stop and fix it then before it becomes a real problem because this one turned into a big problem. As we were coming out, if anybody's been on, on that South Kaibab Trail, you leave Cedar Ridge and you start up, you make the, that second switch back, you turn back to the right, and then it's a long, steep climb up to Windy Ridge. And Windy Ridge is, oh, about oh, 50, 75 yards long. And it's on a razorback ridge. And one side, one side of the ridge is not quite straight down. But if you go off, you're going to go two or three thousand feet before you stop you. The other side, it's you. You got the trail down below you, but it's it's not very. It's it's pretty pretty straight up and down too. There's one switchback, the that first switchback that you come to get on to Windy Ridge, it, it cuts back on itself pretty sharp, and there's a, a rock wall on the inside. And as, as you're going up, your, your head is just, you know, level with the trail above you for, for, for a few steps, and then, and then, then it goes on up the trail. I had turned to look at some hikers or check my string before I got to the switchback. And as I turned around, Wild Child, who was the the end mule, we each had five in our strings. And the, the fourth mule, who was Oprah, continued up the trail and Wild Child didn't make the switch back and started down the trail towards me. So now if you're looking at it, I got two mules coming towards me. One's going up the trail the way it's supposed to. The other mules coming at me in the, in the mule that, that I'm leading my string with Jody, she was fairly fresh to the Canyon in. She'd rather scream stampede to get away from anything than didn't try to help Uh you. So I'm thinking, well, I'm kind of in a bad spot here. 
I hollered hollered at the guy and he stopped. But Wild Child kept coming. And as he kept coming, that put more pressure on Oprah, who was the fourth mule. And it started to pull her off the switchback above me. And I was right below her. So instinctively, you know, I had still had hold of Jody. I put my hand on Oprah. She had two feet on the trail, two feet on the rock wall, and her butt was right in my face. So I'm pushing on her with one hand, and I reached down, got my knife, and cut the cut the pigtail. So uh, Wild Child couldn't pull that mule anymore. And as I cut the pigtail, Wild Child, I don't know if it scared him or what, but as soon as I cut his, you know, cut him free, he spun around, went back up the trail and was trying to get to the front of the other string. And as he did that, he hit Oprah and Oprah fell off the trail above us and landed on the trail between me and my mule, my first mule, Jody. So now I got Oprah between me and my and my hand mule and she's facing away from me and what she did is she turned around in the trail and i thought okay that that'll be all right we can i can i can work my way up around the switchback and get to a better spot to where i can hobble my mule and get off and get things straightened out because where we were at there was no room for nothing you couldn't get a fly to go past you. And for whatever reason, Oprah decided that she needed to be up with the rest of the mules. And she went and she was loaded at the time too. And she went between me and my mule on the rock wall. And I've got some pictures somewhere and I got to find them. There's one rock just before the switchback that's kind of pushed it's it's a liner rock alongside the trail that's kind of pushed out from the rest of the trail my mule had four feet pushed on that rock bracing herself as oprah came between the two of us and i had one foot in the stirrup on the outside it and the other, I'm laying, trying to lay across uh, my ride mule's back as Oprah is coming between the two of us. And I'm thinking, okay, this is this is where I die. Be- <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, that day, the mule I'd been riding, I think, I remember, her name was Boo, and she'd been around the canyon for several years, and she was for the most part, pretty level-headed. And she just took it and she stood there and things were fine. Had I been on something younger, something a little more green, it probably would have turned out a whole lot different. But I got, I swung back into the saddle as, as Oprah went around. And then I got around the switchback. And it was at that point I realized that I only had one rein attached to my bit. And I thought, well, what the heck happened there? Well, when Oprah had f- fell off the trail above and, and and came down, one of her her hind legs had came down and and snapped my bit rein. So oh, sure. as as we're coming as as I get around, I realize that I only have one rein, so I stop and as I'm trying to tie it back on, I felt like I'd had you know two gallons of coffee and Parkinson's at the same time. I, 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 I couldn't have, I, I don't know how I did it, but I, my hands were shaking so bad. I couldn't have taken sewing thread and, 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 and put it through a two inch ring. My hands were, were shaking so bad, but I got my rain tied back on and we made it back to the top. But that was, that was the one time that I thought, this is where I die. 
<laughs> Jeez. And, and for those that haven't caught on, he's talking about the Grand Canyon here. This is where you fall, you yeah. just keep falling. There's so there's not a lot of room for Jeez. error. And usually if there's an error, something's going to get hurt really bad or something's going to die. But I don't know how many guardian angels were there that day, but there was a lot of them that helped every one of us. <laughs> Jeez. So, like you said, the moral of the story is yeah. fix it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you see a problem. Because it, it can now. lead to really bad things. Jeez. That's crazy story, man. <laughs> that's, that's, crazy. That's, that's, that's probably the worst one. There's yeah. lots of little ones here and there, you know. Moose, bear, yep. hikers. Hi. So is there as many bears as everybody says there is in the Frank Church and, and the uh, Bob? The Frank Church, to my knowledge, has no grizzly bears. I never – there's a lot, a lot of black, black bears, bears right. but I never saw one. In the, in, the, in the three years I was there, I saw a lot of sign, um, you know, tracks, scat in the trail, but I never, but I never saw a bear. But there, there's a lot of sign. Um, Bob Marshall, there's a lot of bears. There's a lot of grizzly bears. <coughs> Excuse me, a lot of grizzly bears and a lot of black bears. But in the Bob Marshall, there's also a lot of people. So the bears are a little more, you don't see them as often. But they're there. <laughs> when I was in the thoroughfare in Wyoming on there, just outside Yellowstone, that was a bear infested place. There was one trip oh, really? that uh, uh, I was coming out in the camp I rode into was 25 miles in. So it was a 50 mile round trip. But on the way out one day in a, in a 15 mile stretch, I encountered seven adult grizzly bears at less than 50 yards. Oh my gosh. Jeez, that's yeah, too much. And, that's too many. <laughs> one is too one. One grizzly yeah, bear's too many. And when I'd ride <laughs> in and out of that, ride in and out of that camp, you know, when I'd go in, I'd see, you know, a dozen or more fresh tracks in various places on the trail, and in the bob, the only time I really saw tracks on the trail was in the spring, when the bears were coming out, and in the fall when the berries were on. But I've only seen uh, in two years in the Bob, I've only seen six bears. Hmm. But in Wyoming, I saw, you know, six in one trip. <laughs> wow. Well, I want to shift gears a little bit and, um, you know, this, this podcast is called mm -hmm. everyday mulemanship, you know, and you, and Jeff, you know, me, you know, me a long time, what I do. And so how important is it to you that good mulemanship skills are practiced when you're packing? And, and th this is going to lead me into talking mm -hmm. about your packing clinics because you teach yeah. packing clinics. And I want folks to know about that, but tell, tell us about how the, what you think about having good mulemanship skills and having, having things going good for you. Oh, well, affects packing. <laughs> It really does, and, and the same friend I was talking to the other day, I'll get into some of the stuff we were talking about, but uh, th those animals feed off of you, your attitude your and your ability. They feed off of you in how they travel down the trail, how they respond to you, you know, in any given situation, if, if you can stay level-headed, not get excited, you know, it's to your benefit and having, having the skills to know when to do something, when to say something, you know, makes a big difference as well. And the one, and another thing that we were talking about the other day was, you know, you know, um, and and I'm guilty, just as guilty of this as a lot of guys, that uh, those mules know when you're hungover and when you're not. <laughs> yeah. But but they, yeah, like I said, they they those mules feed 
off your energy, your attitude. And, mm-hmm. and if you don't, and, and if you have a bad attitude and, and you have a, a heavy hand, those mules know it and they respond. And I've seen it. I've seen mules respond differently to different people. We got one mule in this outfit that I work with now. He's kicked the same guy five or six times in the last two years, but yet he's never made an attempt to kick anybody else. Yeah, that's interesting. Because he knows, because at one time those two got into a disagreement and it, the meal is going to win in the end. You know, if you think that, that, you know, you get into an argument with the mule and, and you can make them do what you want them to do, eventually they're, they're going to win the battle and, the, and win the war. It, it'll take time. Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes time, but they'll win. Yep. Well, that's the goal. We're trying to make the meals a winner, so you might as well set it up yeah. for success anyways. But uh, So that kind of leads me into the mm-hmm. talking about your packing clinics. You've been, you've been teaching more of these in the last few years, and they're getting more popular, and now you're, you're starting to get out and mm-hmm. about, going places, doing these things. So tell us what you've been doing with these packing well, clinics. Well, they've been going they've pretty been going good. Um, it all started – uh, four years ago was it four or five years ago at the first Bryce Canyon Mule Days, they they had a pack clinic yep. there, or a demonstration, more or less. And uh, and I happened to be in living down in Cedar, or just hanging out in Cedar City that that week. And I thought, well, I'm gonna go over there and check it out. And when I got over there, I was talking to McLean and. The guy that they had, I can't even remember the, the gentleman's name, but he had gotten into a bad wreck and broke his leg and couldn't do it. So they got, uh, they had Ron Clayton from the, who I worked with at the Grand Canyon come up and was going to do the, the pack clinic. And I said, oh, cool. I haven't seen Ron in a number of years and it would be good to visit with him again. And it turned out that when Ron got there and he saw that I was there, he said, you're going to help me. And I said, excuse me? <laughs> I'm not a people person, Ron. You know that. Which is ironic because I spent so many years guiding trail rides. Mm-hmm. But he said, and I ended up helping Ron do this clinic. And then after that, the following year, McLean called me. He said, you want to do it again? I'm like, well, I suppose I could but I want to be able to set up a booth and sell some of my stuff. And he said, done deal. And that's kind of how that, how, how, how it all started. And as that one gained a little more popularity, um, Jake Clark meal days, they contacted me and wanted me to do one there. And, And that was the first one last year. And that one was really well received and was was supposed to do another one there this year but because of the virus and everything else the mule days got canceled but i was able to so some of the people that were going to go to that clinic wanted to have one and they said if we have it at our place can we do it will you come down and i said yeah if we get a certain amount of people i'll come down and so we got a full, and, and they advertised it for two days, and I think we ended up with fifteen people sign up in two days for this clinic in Colorado. So, and I did yeah. another one for another kind of a private deal for for uh, Mike and Rocky Lacey there in in Arizona in February. Was it end of February, first of March? Right, right, mm-hmm. end of February. Yeah, February. So. Uh, as 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 years the next few years come by, if, if people are interested in that, I'm more than willing to travel to do those things. So, 
good. Well, that's that's good. You know, education is important, and packing is is a it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work, and it's heck of a lot easier if you know what you're doing. It's uh, if you don't know what you're doing, my gosh, it'll yeah. make you want to quit sometimes. You know, you just. But if you if you know what you're doing, then it, you can get something done and have a lot you of know, fun. You know, and, and I tell people that. Uh, they they ask me how I would do this or how I do that, and I said if if what you're doing gets you, your load and your animal to your destination with minimal stops, and you don't soar or hurt anything, you've done a good job. Because there's a, there's Absolutely. a lot of different ways to do this job, and I've been been around a lot of people i've been around some of the best in the business and everybody has a little bit different way of doing it and you got to find what works for you and 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 go that route just because i do it a certain way doesn't mean it's the only way or it's the 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 correct way there you got to do it your way yeah and I, uh, you know, I, I really want to get you down here to my place in Utah to mm-hmm. do a packing clinic sometime. And we'll, we'll get that lined out as soon as I get my place set up. So it'll be good for you. But, but it's, uh, gosh, it's important to have this stuff going right, you know, and, and I'm, a, I mean, I'm kind of a traditionalist type of guy. I mean, I, you know, I work my mules, you know, mm-hmm. kind of great basin tradition, you know, and, uh, and when it comes to packing, I, I yep. kind of like things a certain way, but, but I'm like everybody else, you know, like I've, I've found that modified box hitch that I, geez, I just use that on about everything now. Cause that just gets the things that I pack and the things that I do, it, it just gets me there, you know, and, yep. and folks get their favorite hitches. If you do so. one thing right so. and do it and do it well, that's better than knowing 32 different hitches and not knowing and, and doing them all wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's no point true. in knowing having so, this big vast knowledge of all these different hitches but if you're not doing them right there's no point in doing it if you yeah. only know one and you're doing it really good and you're doing it the correct way which is you know prop proper balance loads in in in, in all of that that is more important than how much you know yeah so what? Um, I got a bunch of just odd and odds and ends questions for you that I, I thought I thought would be fun. So what? What is your what is your favorite hitch? What's your what's your go to hitch that just if you got to get there right now, let's do this one. My my favorite hitches anymore is I like to manny and sling everything. And even if and even if I'm using panniers, mm-hmm. I still use sling ropes. And I just love a simple basket hitch. That's it. Yep. Um, I've gotten to where I don't like last inches at all because it's just one more thing to de- to deal with. But you know, right. last inches do come in handy at camp. You know, for for high lines or hanging different things up. But but yep, I I do the same thing, man. And I I've always called that basket hitch a box yeah. hitch, but it's the same thing. And uh, yeah, I like to just tie my ropes to the to the tree and, or you know to the to the saddle and then yeah. Yeah, that's that's the way to go. I love that. Um you just kind of answered the other question cuz a lot of people including me, I really like panniers, mm-hmm. especially box panniers, you know, those I I love them cuz I just chuck everything in there, balance it and go, but you just mentioned manis, so that's that was my other question was panniers or manis. I, I like I like you know putting everything in a, in a manny. Um, where where I work here, we, yep. we've got some aluminum boxes that are built. They're they're an open face that for small loose stuff that that work really good. You know, and then you're mannying manny that up and and uh, sling it on. But and people ask me if I have a preference between a saw buck or a decker. And, <laughs> that was my next question. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> my 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 answer well, is modified decker. <laughs> be, be, a modified a modified decker is is basically 
a sawbuck with 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 steel forks. It's basically all it is because you can right. you can run it like a decker or you can hang bags on it like a like a sawbuck. But even yeah. if I'm using a sawbuck, I still like to use sling ropes. Yep, that's right. I I don't even have a decker. I mm-hmm. I love the modified deckers, and the kind I'm talking about, they they kind of they're shaped yeah. like the swells of a bronc saddle. They kind of come out, and then it's I, there's no yeah. forks on top. It's just smooth. Wife, my father-in-law has a couple of them, and I'm always jealous. I love those, mm-hmm. but I I just use saw bucks, and um, and I yeah, same thing. I just run the ropes through and hang it just like. Just like you would on Decker, anyways. But my next question is, uh, and this is this is the other one that's always controversial. Do you ride the green mules or do you pack the green mules? My take on it is, I would rather ride the green mule and pack well, the experienced. What's what's your take? It's been different in 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 every outfit I worked for. And the and the main difference is what is the mule going to be used for? Is the mule going to be eventually become a riding mule, or is it just going to be a pack mule? And if they're just going to be pack mules, mm-hmm. we just pack them. And but uh, it may, that one, I I really don't don't know for sure what, but. Uh, My, I've always liked to, you know, I feel like me riding the green one, I, I got the immediate control of that thing, you know, and, and if I get in a bind with that one, I can work through it. But, you know, and I like to be able to pack the experienced ones. That way, if I did get in a bind with the one I'm riding, I, all I got to do is just drop that lead rope and tool around. And then those old experienced yeah. ones probably just sitting there eating, <laughs> you know, go back and grab them and go. But, but uh, I see a lot of folks, they, they pack the whole, they, you know, they always pack the green ones and they got, they're mm-hmm. scattering loads. We, you know, like you and I yeah. noticed. Yard like, and I've, yard had, sale. I've had my share of yard <laughs> sales myself. Yep. But, you know, and there's been places <laughs> where, you know, and, and times where I've been riding a green mule and in, in my string, I have two or three green mules. So, so you, you know, you got a cluster all around. Your SOL <laughs> from the beginning, you know. Well, do yep. I ride the one or? Mm-hmm. But and there again, where do you put the green mule in your in your pack string? Another good question. It, I well, prefer them in, in my in, hand. If I'm if I'm going to have a lot of switchbacks, I'm going to go around. I want that mule as close to the front as I can get them, and and. And there again, I like to put them behind an old, well-seasoned mule. Yep. Yeah, it's like number because number two. Like, like yep. you know, that day I, I was riding a green mule, leading a whole bunch of green stock. If something happened, I'm not going to get into a worse wreck because of that. But in, in, in the, there's other places that they they had the they they were of the idea that take that green mule and put them on the very end and and uh let him get drug around a little bit and he'll learn how to follow <laughs> yeah i've always i've always no. not liked them on the tail or the whip you know because because they'll yeah. go around a tree or something dumb you know um and then they hang up the whole thing, you know. I'd rather have them, like I said, closer to the front. But yeah, it's each their own on that. It's uh, yeah. Well, you they'll know, figure it out. And <laughs> so. If I got a green one going in for the first time, and especially if I'm going around a lot of switchbacks, I'll I'll put sidelines on them and put them close to the front, so they have yep. to stay in the middle. That's that's yeah, that's the yeah, only that's way. That's the only way I like to do it anymore, just because it saves so many problems. In, in, in this outfit I'm on here, and, and we get new mules in every year. First two or three trips, they get sidelines, and once they get it figured out, they may not be, they may not have figured out how to travel completely 
you know, through the terrain, but they figured out, okay, I got to stay in line and, and, and then it works. And especially the green mules, you don't put anything on them that's going to come apart, break, or make a lot of noise, and you have a lot better success that way. Green mules, green mules get packed a lot. Yeah, pack a lot of feed on them. Yeah, it's a good tip. So, well, okay. we're about out of time, Mister Jeff. But I, but I, okay. I got two last things I want to talk about. The, what advice would you give? to folks getting into packing if you could if you could give them one piece of advice that's gonna help pay someone along, to what, do it what would that be <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh geez save yourself a lot of headaches yeah <laughs> no the, the the best advice i could give anybody uh, is have good solid equipment if you go into the hills with everything mm-hmm. held together with baler twine, zip ties, and whatnot, you're going to have problems no matter what you do. If you have good quality equipment, there's a lot of people out there other than me that are making good equipment. Make sure it's in good repair before you leave. Absolutely. That's that's a good Anything. piece of advice across the board for yeah. Well, pretty much whatever you do, but definitely with packing, definitely with riding. And uh, I, I tell folks that all the time with, you know, when it comes to mulemanship too, yeah, you can tell a lot about, you can tell a lot about mm-hmm. a person's knowledge by the gear they use, you know, and uh, how if they use it. If you have a good so foundation, a good one, you but... can build a lot better structure on top of yep. it. Perfect. Well, Man, it's been a good it's been a good uh, time having you on here. Yeah. I sure appreciate your stories yeah. and your input. This has been a lot of fun. We ought to do it again. You got I know you got well, a lot more get, stories. I didn't that, get my so. tail smashed by a chair, we'll so have we're a, all right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll have to we'll have, have part two of this someday. But how can how can folks find you? You know, for those that don't know, Jeff builds fantastic gear, good saddles, good bridles, good equipment, everything. Is a dang good job. Um, so, Jeff, have have, tell them how they page, can find you. Jeff Pace Salary. I also have a website, or you can just find me on Facebook, or I have an Instagram, Jeff Pace Zero. Um, you can find me there. Uh, you can call me. Uh, phone numbers on 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 my Facebook and web page as well. But that's how you can get a hold of me. Perfect. You well, bet. buddy, thank you. I sure appreciate you. Um, you bet. Good, good luck on your uh, summer packing season. And, yep. Well, I guess your packing season goes till November, so summer and fall. And and uh, shoot, I think uh, I'll probably see you uh, in salmon. Yeah, uh, it'll be good to see April. you again. That's probably when I'm going to see you again. Okay. All right, hey, buddy. Thanks, well, Ty. thank you very much. We'll catch you later. All right. Yep. 